Hey, Justin. Yeah. Can I pitch you a movie? Um, I only have two minutes, so go. Okay. Uh, we're going to take the number one broadcasting giant in the world. Okay. Don Imus. About Don I, not Don Imus. Oh, there's somebody bigger than Don, Don Imus. Imus. Don't, don't say Don Imus' name around this guy. Oh. It's based on favorite. his. Do you really like that? Nobody likes Don Imus. He stunk. We're gonna, it's going to be based off his number one best-selling book. Okay. It's going to feature roughly 20 pairs of boobs. Great. And we'll throw Jackie Martlin in there at the end. What do you think? Deal. As Good. long as Don Imus can be in it in some way. I hate I I hate to pop in. I'm just the other executive in the elevator. <laughs> why why are you pitching this? It feels like the guy who has all of the power and is the number one radio show. Uh, do you have rights? Do you have rights to this guy? No, uh, I actually haven't even read the book yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was also just walking by in the hallway, and uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Paul Giamatti is attached. If that means anything. <laughs> Wait. Wait, who the fuck is Paul Giamatti? <laughs> no, wait, you're, this is you're just walking in the hallway and <laughs> you're in on it? Are you Paul? G- uh, guys, it's Paul Giamatti. Let's get it's him out of Paul here. It's Paul Giamatti. Again, Paul, you're not going to be in a movie. Just I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. Ooh. That's not going to come out for yeah. years, Paul. Yeah, call me in about uh, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm sorry. I'm I'm an executive who just walked by. Paul Giamatti, do you want to be in a movie in 10 years or so? <laughs> you just sold me based on that line alone. Yes. All right. Drop that thing song. pitch justin you want to go ahead and tell the world who the fuck we are we're the motherfucking cable boys the internet's only podcast about movies that's right justin we are just three whack packers who like to talk about <laughs> movies from our childhood that were inappropriate for one reason or another like 1997's wonderful comedy private parts starring howard stern and his merry gang. That's wow. all I got. I mean, that's all right, great. Okay, I, I I was just looking at your lips, and it seemed like you were about to tell the audience that we are joined this week mm-hmm. by musician, Instagram model, oh, <laughs> uh, Seinfeld aficionado, Chris Dunn. Give it up, everybody. Yay. Christopher Dunn. Thank you. Chris Dunnifer. I was said, if you, uh, Instagram, my Instagram is literally private. Yeah. I, I never post that. <laughs> so I'm the, I'm the least successful Instagram model that has ever been in the game, but I appreciate it's it. It's very exclusive what you model. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's right, listeners. Go to his Instagram. It's all his private parts. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Look at that. Hell yeah, baby. So, Chris, uh, you're joining us today specifically for this movie. Uh, you suggested it. What What is your attachment to this movie, and why did you pick it as an inappropriate film? Um, 
I suggested it because I think when Mike told me about the podcast initially, it came to mind immediately because I saw this movie far too young. I did the math. I actually was disturbed. I did the math. <laughs> I was born. I was born in. Uh, I, I literally need to seek treatment after looking up. Uh, it was. I I was born in 1989, and this movie came out in 1997, and uh-huh. I saw it in the theater. Jesus. I saw this movie far, far younger than I than I even like had recalled, which yeah, I feel like my I'm gonna retroactively arrest my own mother, but she (laughs) was a huge she was a a huge uh Howard Stern fan at the time. And uh yeah, so this is this is I think this is the most inappropriate movie that I've seen at the youngest age. Yeah, it certainly qualifies. I mean if If she just was, if she was like, "Hey, look at this," and showed you a hustler, it would be like just a little bit worse. <laughs> that's the, that's the, yeah, that's the thing that that wasn't the invite. I think she was just. I think this, this was like a huge because this kind of paints the picture that I grew up in chaos or something, but that was not the case. This was just. I think it's just like massive oversight on her part. Slash, she wanted to go see this movie uh, during the day or something. I don't know if it came out over the summer. I have no idea, but uh, yeah. I was there, baby, and I yeah. loved every minute of it. That that reminds me when I was babysitting for third graders, and I took them to <laughs> Apocalypse Now because I couldn't find anybody to film it. Film. I also I saw this on opening day, man. Watching this again brought me right back to like fucking how excited I was for it. I have the books. I mean, I, I well, yeah. I mean, this was, this was in the Stern. height of this is the height of Stern yeah. mania. And I, th- I think that's what my mom and it, it was weird because it was my mom and her, our neighbor friend, her neighbor friend across the street. And it was a, a fellow child. Uh, this My friend, Carl, who was a year older than I, I think the two mothers were just caught up in Stern mania and they forgot how young their kids were. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's how much of a force we were dealing with. That's really funny. Yeah, when Howard Stern lives in your head uh, for four hours a day, every single day, you kind of you lose perspective on on what the actual world is. Honestly, I think I'm putting it together. I think that's probably what happened. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, Stern was my um, morning ritual, like in high school, because like um, I lived sort of far away from my high school, so every drive, every morning, I got like thirty to forty minutes. Uh, worth of just classic Howard Stern. I just loved it. So I was like, That's I was great. like keyed up uh, by the time third period came. Well, I know our audience hasn't heard us for two months, and so they mm-hmm. miss it. So I'll go ahead and say that what Howard Stern did to your mom and countless others is what <laughs> is it's what QAnon is currently doing. Yeah. It is it is making them lose all perspective of the real world, and they're just like <laughs> turning in on themselves and believing. Well, I, w- I won't tell you where she took me on uh, January 6th. <laughs> well, it was funny watching this, this little trip to DC. Yeah. You, yeah. you can see a through line, kind of, of Howard Stern to QAnon. Oh, and, 100%. I you mean, know, like, yeah. Well, cause just rewatching, I was like, oh, this is fucking 4chan. That's what all Howard Stern was, is live 4chan. Well, kinda. sort of, yeah. I mean, sort that's of. A, I think that's a great point. Uh, cause I think like Stern was a voice for the voiceless. I mean, today, I mean, you could look at like the whack pack stuff and be like, this is just mean, or he's being exploitive or something, but 
Right. I always, I always do sort of side with, well, no, I mean, he brought him on. Most of society doesn't want to hear from people like Crackhead Bob. And whether, whether we're laughing at him, he is sort of giving him a platform. I feel like the, uh, I feel like it's, he's complicated because he obviously was like certain lanes of his were definitely exploitative. And and they were Mm -hmm. also like, obviously the language, I mean, he's, he came up in a time where uh, being edgy was, you know, there were, there were plenty of words flying around, but uh, I feel like the, like the overarching um, uh, thing that he, I I feel like he was kind of like the, the birth of podcasting in a way, like, because he was, he's pretty much the first radio guy to be like, this is free form. This is non, uh, you know, um, yeah, it it was like very like uh, expressive, broadcasting which mm-hmm. i like that a lot but i feel like yeah there was a lot of other shit that came along with him specifically yeah, yeah. the uh the the movie uh which we'll get to in just a second i know uh everyone in the crowd is just salivating uh to talk <laughs> about private parts but uh I I do I do think that what this movie did a great job was of uh doing was making Howard Stern palatable uh mm-hmm. across the board to have having some having a bit of a titty parade in there uh mm-hmm. to to make sure that uh that his Stern faithful were going to be satiated but also like making him more of a family man and like relying on on Robin and like his team and being uh, being supportive rather than uh, things from his book that didn't make the cut. Uh, Like for instance, when uh, he wrote about Rodney King and said, they didn't beat this idiot enough. Oh my God. (laughs) That's in the book. That's in the book. Yeah. Um, Is it part of a joke or like, it's just my opinions on life. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, what no, the hell was the context? Of yeah. Number it, he it was it was a list of things. Number one, they did not beat Rodney King enough. A list of things. A list of no. Words. I'm 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 joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh my god. I'm yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there was more to this bit than just oh, yeah. one sentence. But yeah, he also said on the air uh, he encouraged the police to shoot at the rioters uh, that sprung up after Rodney King. Uh, he talked about having sex to Negro race music. <laughs> he asked his mother on the air if she got on all fours during sex and if she was a three-input woman. And so... That one's fine. That that one's great. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, like the... Uh, uh, the dipping dipping of the toe into why he was controversial just sort of ended at getting a naked massage and, and right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the movie's not a true <laughs> representation of what Howard Stern yeah. is the I mean it's a little it's guy. a little bit of a it's a little bit of a puff piece I would it's, say. It, it's a little bit because I, I as I mentioned before it's a we lot started, of it it ends with him yeah. being like and I love my yeah. wife yeah. she's right. the of best course, and yeah. you're like well, just wait a few years, because yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's definitely an extremely biased account yes. of uh, his life. Yeah, which is which is interesting because again, like I, before we started recording, I've been all week. I've been watching classic Stern bits, and some of I mean, some of the funniest stuff ever. Like, uh, and an amazing how great of a manipulator he is. Yeah, of just yeah. like uh, there, there was one video, one thirty minutes that I watched that was like they were picking on Fred 
for how he ate yogurt. <laughs> That's how it started. It's just how, cause he would like squeeze the yogurt thing and like drink it. So they're, they're just picking at him on that. And within 20 minutes, it is then a screaming match about what he, like his marriage, like he should get divorced. And I was like, this is brilliant. How you could just wind people up. And, and, and because I've been listening to this stuff all week, I was like, these aren't good people. No, yeah. no. they're not. Like not Stern, Robin, Fred, uh, Jackie, back in the day, who I love. I'm a joke man stand, baby. <laughs> He's staying I love him. <laughs> I used to have his CDs. I used to play it all the time. Oh, my God. Fucking his great. street jokes that he did. Yeah. <laughs> <so great>. <laughs> I could have gone down that hole. I could have gone down that that lane, man. I could have done that. Yeah. I feel like you would actually be a great Jackie the Joke Man as comedian. Yeah. I, I, he's, he's a huge part of my, my uh, growing up. And... Um, <laughs> But I was like, they're not, I'm not saying they're terrible people. They're not terrible people. And they're not necessarily bad people, but they're definitely not good people. I agree. Yeah. And that's okay. We don't all have to be good, as I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. There, there is money to be made in this world for both good and bad people. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Lord knows all of those people that we just uh, labeled as definitely bad people uh, will make more money. Than mm-hmm. all of us put together. Uh, I don't know about the joke, man, but yeah, most of them. <laughs> Jackie's, Jackie's not doing great, but uh, joke hunt. <laughs> should, should hey, don't ever. Jackie's a great lesson. Don't ever fucking look a gift horse in the mouth, man. Oh, dude. Well, uh, speaking of clips, uh, one of the few I I got into the Stern clips. I was like kind of a weird. I've never been that diehard of a Stern fan mm-hmm. at all. I like kind of knew him peripherally, and then over the past, I have a friend John who is obsessed with like. Uh, I'm more familiar with like the uh, the on demand Howard TV, oh, yeah, years, which, stuff. which yeah. has some great <laughs> stuff in it. But uh, but uh, they, I, I think they even bring the joke man on later to like retroactively kind of make fun of him about yeah. how he's broke after like being off the. That these are the kind of people we're dealing with. And yeah, it was yeah, a great yeah. segment. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, I had a the summer after this movie came out, actually. And uh, when I was in high school, on my way to college, I had a job at a hardware store where I did nothing all day, but I just had to basically be there in the morning to open up and, and let all the construction workers in who immediately knew where everything was. So I just rang them up. And one morning it was very quiet and I just decided to fucking throw caution in the wind and put Stern on uh, the loudspeakers. So I was just sitting there <laughs> listening to Howard Stern in a hardware store. <laughs> And because women know how to ruin a good time, five women came in. Oh my God. And I couldn't, and I had to help them and I couldn't run to the office to go turn Stern off. I like couldn't do both. And so I was just like, okay, maybe they just won't pay attention. And I was like trying to help him. And he starts talking about some woman's boob job. And it's like 10 minutes of boobs and they're all like looking up at the speakers. They're all looking up at the speakers and then down at their grotesque boob jobs. And I did the best thing I could. I threw my boss under the bus. I was like, this is what he wants on in the morning. I can't do anything. Got him. And they they for sure called. They called later. And he was like, he was like, I have two questions for you. One, were you playing Stern this morning? And two, did you tell them that that's what I told you to do? And I was like, and I was like, yes to both. 
Good for you. Good for you uh, for not lying yeah. to your boss. By the way, have I talked about this guy? Uh, not the guy who ran it, but I had my own whack packer <laughs> who worked with us. <laughs> was actually two guys. One guy was uh, way older than us. I think he would have been in his 50s, and he was a bald ginger. And this is the angriest human being I've ever met in my life. Like, he was, I think he was getting divorced at the time. Also, keep in mind, he's working at a hardware store in Ohio, so he's making $5 an hour. And he's basically on the same level as a, a kid barely going to college. <laughs> and so I, like, he was just fuming, just kind of like, oh, just kind of like, like that. And I, I would see him lose it on customers. Like customers are like just wouldn't listen to him. He would just start screaming at him. It was great. And then the second guy that got hired later in the summer was my age, and he was a bit of a tubby, and he had he had he had Tourette's, but he he had the way he dealt with Tourette's was he basically swallowed it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So instead of like start screaming, he would just be like. I wonder if this will pick it up like that. Yeah. And he did that a thousand times a day. Just constantly like. Did you ever ask him what they were specifically? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, he explained it was Tourette's and stuff. And then. No, no, no it, I meant like, I meant like particular ones. Like we got a C word swallow there. I think that's like, like what it is. Like, yeah. I just, I feel, oh, oh, okay. So what he wasn't suppressing. That was just the tick. Oh, I, I understand that. Yeah. No, I think yeah. he was suppressing. Yeah. yeah. He was suppressing it. He was he, suppressing oh, the, okay. like he wanted to say fuck, but he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. The, the swallowing was his therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was super annoying. And so, and he sucked. So it's not like he was cool and had like this uh, thing. It was like, no, he also sucked. And it was always like, we should be working more. I was like, shut up. It's like, we're, <laughs> what are you talking about? We're 18. Who cares? All right. Listeners, <laughs> listeners, go ahead and write in uh, with what, uh, what debilitating conditions you think are super annoyed. Anyway, one time I tried to hide from him in the hardware store because he was really on my ass about getting something done. And so I was like fucking around in the the nail aisle and I could just, it was like a horror movie. I could just hear like, it was like getting closer and I would like go to a different aisle and then it would just follow me. It was like, like and because he couldn't find me, he was getting, he was getting more upset. Can you, uh, oh my God. Can you so recut getting, the uh, Jaws theme, but to that? Yeah. Yeah, he never lost it though. I was sort of, I wanted to see the Tourette's in action, but uh, but we had the we had the ginger who would fly off the handle every <laughs> every transaction. Yeah, I want to hear more yeah. about this. What was going on with this divorce? What was the craziest thing you've ever heard him say? You said he would lose it on on customers. I so want to yeah, hear what. Yeah, so we'll get to private parts. I swear. So <laughs> yeah, sorry. I've, the movie's fine. Go watch it. Whatever. Let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so a little. You have to understand the neighborhood that this was in, which is. Uh, like a development area of Columbus. So it's a lot of nice houses, which means it's like nobody does their own work, right? Like they, yeah. they're the people that hire everything, even if it's like you got to fucking redo the gutters or something. So when the place opened at eight, again, we got like just a string of construction workers, the guys who were in the neighborhood to work on all the houses. 
and they would just grab everything. Then we would sit for hours, but occasionally we would get people in the neighborhood who thought they could do something on their own and they just didn't know anything. And they're, they're like, you know, upper middle class. So they're a little uh, privileged as we like to say. And they, and you know, they would look down on a middle-aged guy working in the thing. So it was a lot of, uh, I mean, he, I, I think he was yelling at an overweight woman once. I, that's like the one I truly remember. Are you sure this wasn't you? It wasn't me. No, no, no. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a kid. I, I, just, I read books the entire summer. Like I would just bring a book and just like read it because I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. On the, on the first day I was hired, the guy, the boss, his name was Angelo. He was like, hey, I want you to put together this outdoor grill as a display. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. This is my first day on the job, by the way. And he was like, you'll figure it out. That thing, uh, I started it, didn't finish it, and it sat unfinished for the duration of my employment there, which was like a month and a half. And he was never there because his wife was pregnant and she was having like complications all the time. So he constantly had to go home or eventually go to the hospital. And it all worked out fine, but he was never there, which put the angry ginger in charge, which he's not good at. Yeah. And he hated the Tourette's guy even more. And they, <laughs> they seriously went at it. Like they were constantly, uh, or he was constantly yelling at him. That's interesting because he's probably the he's probably the one saying the filthy language, the the, the mm-hmm. ginger guy. So he's screaming yeah. at a guy with Tourette's. You would think that he that that's that's where we got the whole thing. You would think yeah. that guy had Tourette's. Um, he once also gave me an hour talk about never getting married. And and <laughs> you you finally caved. Finally came to got married. Yep. That that advice from that brilliant man lasted for yeah. for years and years. The uh, uh, the outdoor grill that you built was that a floor model for the uh, for the shop? Yeah, that's what it was supposed to be. The display it was supposed to so, be, and I mean it was front and center too. Like when you walked in, it was right there, and it was just in. It was pieces. Like the pieces were everywhere. <laughs> And he also let the floor models slide for you said what a month and a half. Yeah, <laughs> he just he was just like well, you don't need to finish that for the floor model. I mean, they tried. They were like, "Hey, what well, you think you can get on that today?" And I was like, oh, I, mean, "I don't know how many how many languages do I have to say? I don't know how to fucking do this." All these all these cuts. It wasn't like it was just yeah. loose pieces of screws and parts. I just like that every customer came in. They were like, I need a grill. Oh, I should buy this piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not this one. (laughs) This thing is falling apart. I got to buy it immediately. It's the best grill on the market. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, talking about things that uh, never get put together completely. Originally, this movie uh, was... Howard Stern uh, signed on to do a movie that was just Fart Man. <laughs> initially, initially his deal was going to be like some sort of superhero picture, and then, uh, and there was also talk about uh, private parts uh, being made. Unfortunately, like the book itself doesn't have much uh, autobiographical information. A lot of it is just like the crazy stuff that happened on the show, and so. And so that's why they brought in Ivan Reitman, who then brought in Betty Thomas. And so they were able to make it more of a, palati- uh, a palatable story-based picture. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine uh, how bad Fartman would have been. I 
this morning I tried my best to find the script because there was a script written and it was written by J. F. Lawton, the guy who wrote Pretty Woman and Men in Black. I mean, it was going to be a big time movie. Oh, wow. And I, and I definitely remember that era of Stern being like, we're going to make Fart Man. And I was like, sweet. I can't wait for this. <laughs> uh, but then it never got off the ground. And then, you know, as Kevin said, this, there's a lot of production history about private parts. And yeah. some of it, hmm. we're always, I'm always grateful that a movie is good because it's a miracle. And it was like, at one point, it was like Jeff Goldblum was going to play Stern, and that would have been terrible. And so we really uh, lucked out with uh, a good I picture. Mean, of the of the people to cast as Howard Stern, I, obviously Howard did a great job as himself. Mm-hmm. He uh, he really knows himself at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't imagine anyone other than Jeff Goldblum. That was oh, the... Sure. When I when I read it, I was like, I don't I don't know. There there's something about his his calm voice. Oh, Adam Driver. I was thinking. I was like, if they were going to make a Stern movie now, yeah, mm-hmm. Adam Driver. I could see. Really. I could see that for sure. I I could also see. Do you guys know who Rick Glassman is? He's is a friend, uh, friend of yours. No. <laughs> My neighbor. Uh, no, he's uh, I, I, he's he's a comedian slash podcaster uh still still kind of on the come up i could see google rick glassman i could see him being howard stern but other than that uh oh yeah no no uh, audience if you're gonna google up and coming or people on the cusp google us google <laughs> the go. people boys <laughs> fuck rick glassman or whatever his name is raise <laughs> us in the uh seo i'm not even saying i'm a fan i just he he was the only person i could think of that uh, a young stern from right now driver yeah. would also work though yeah this uh this movie like almost didn't happen like in 1994 obviously like he is reaching millions of people every single day and so there is going to be a bidding war over him a lot of studios were trying to get a piece of him and then uh Howard Stern released the uh pay-per-view video event the Miss Howard Stern New Year's Eve pageant uh in which one bare-chested woman ate maggots Mm-hmm. Another smeared ice cream over her body, and a third passed out after singing opera with a plastic bag over her head. Oh, baby. And at that point, Hollywood was like, All right, you're edgy. Maybe turn it down like a couple of pegs. And yeah, yeah they like, still, yeah, they still got in business with him. At, at that point, like the studio that was working with him backed out. I think like Fox was going to have him uh, replace the Chevy Chase show, uh, and everybody just like pulled the plug. And I think eventually uh, the studio that, that made this circled back around with sort of the the more uh, whitewashed, watered down version of Howard Stern. Man, that description sounded like a cutscene from a Serbian film. Well, this is an exciting day for us here in the studio because we have a stage star with us. This is Donna Porter with us on the show, and she's here to talk about life in the theater. And Donna, I don't know if you know this, but our own news guy, Ross Buckingham, actually has some theater experience as well. Don't you, Ross? Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. Um, I, I once did some summer stock. I know you're very, very proud of your summer stock experience. When you went on stage the very first time, did you ever get nervous? No, I was quite comfortable. I see. It's very interesting. Then, in 1926, General Sarnoff formed NBC Radio. 
America's first well, network. I guess you could say I was a little nervous the first time I was ever on stage with a 12-inch kibasa. Now, why is that? Can I show you? Sure. I think we'd like to see what you have. Wouldn't we like to see Right you? now, you're getting a look at a live broadcast of the Howard Stern Show. That's about 13 and you're licking whipped cream off a kielbasa, and you're putting it in your mouth, and you're, you're jamming the kielbasa all the way down your throat. Oh, my God, look at that. The entire kielbasa is going down. She has swallowed an entire 13-inch kielbasa. Look at that, a full 13 inches, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, you gotta love that, folks. You gotta love it, don't you, Ross? Oh, Ross Buckingham, have you ever seen a woman swallow an entire 13-inch kielbasa? When you were in the theater, did you ever work with a kielbasa? What are our initial... What are our feelings on private parts here? We'll, we'll go around. Justin, go ahead. Um, like as like an overall movie, it was it's fine. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. fine. Like it, I watched it with Elizabeth, who had never seen it before, and who doesn't have really any connection to Albert Stern. It was like, all right, like it was fine. Which is why I think it's not a, a an honest depiction because like if it was really Howard Stern, she would have been like. Fuck this guy. Why the fuck are you watching this goddamn movie? <laughs> exactly. I had a very I similar experience. Well, I looked up like like Howard Stern memes. Just so I was like, oh, maybe I'll like post something. Like we're watching. And so many of them were just Howard in blackface. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, I oh, go, man. okay. Uh, these are not. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to the Howard now versus Howard then yeah. segment a little bit later. Uh -huh. but, yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. It's like a six. Mm, interesting. Kevin? Yeah, I don't think it's terribly funny. I think it's it's a well structured movie. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think that Betty Thomas uh, did a great job. Like I said before, just uh, just threading the eye of the needle that is uh, satiating both Howard Stern fans and uh, the rest of America, who is uh, trying to trying to see what everyone else sees uh without being able to see the actual picture um mm -hmm. yeah i i mean i i like howard stern and i i thought that uh i i, I think i was surprised by his acting i i thought he did a phenomenal mm -hmm. job throughout yeah, same. it same that was my biggest takeaway yeah and i, I thought they're, they're all very good in this like robin's yeah. very good robin's very robin good. is ri robin mm -hmm. is i would say even better than howard stern is at acting mm -hmm. yeah and I, I think it I think it really uh I think it really elevates right at the end where Paul Giamatti comes in. But uh maybe maybe uh it's because the formula has been duplicated a lot of times, but Giamatti doesn't come in until like the last I don't know, <laughs> ten, fifteen minutes, and it ends very abruptly with his uh sort of victory in New York. And so mm -hmm. what I remember of the movie is just the ending. And so mm -hmm. rewatching it it was it was like a little tedious besides uh when he makes the puppets fuck that was funny yeah <laughs> again a, a, a motif on this uh, show is yeah. <laughs> sex sex between puppets uh my thoughts are i i love this movie and uh i i i acknowledge its flaws i also as a diehard fan definitely think it's uh a little um sentimental too maybe too sentimental for what stern actually is mm -hmm. And the Giamatti stuff didn't work as well watching it this go around. Hmm. I mean, I guess I, what I was really interested in was like those early years. And, yeah. uh, hmm. and it was just kind of fun to watch Stern and Fred 
play, you know, themselves as 20 and what, like the struggle of it. I mean, at some point I, with, with uh, Angel, I was like, that would have been kind of fun to just travel around the country and go to a new city and try and be the radio guy there. And uh, then it didn't work out. And you're like, okay, we're going to go to Hartford. We're going to go to Detroit. We're going to go to, I mean, it's amazing. He's so lucky that he's talented, but he's so lucky to have landed back in New York. Yeah. <clears throat> Think of how lucky, like the scene where Robin is first introduced, which is true to life. I mean, she was just there to read the news. Think of how lucky you are in life to just be like, okay, I'm going to just take this job and read the news. And, you know, hopefully I can become local, a, a local TV news anchor and make 50 grand a year. And instead she meets Howard Stern and now she's like a multimillionaire. Yeah. There, yeah. There's no luckier feeling than sitting down for your first day on the job and a guy asks you when the last time you had sex was. <laughs> <laughs> and, no. and she goes with it, yeah. which is like the most beautiful thing of comedy. Like just fucking go with it. Don't be like, nah, I don't want to answer that. Like, just go down every, uh, open every door, as they say when you're doing psychedelics. All right, Chris, what are your uh, thoughts? Uh, my thoughts were almost exactly the same as Kevin's, where I, I came into it, I came into it just being like, oh, I'm expecting zero. This will be a nostalgic romp, as like I said before, sort of a lukewarm Stern fan. Um, was very impressed at how well the movie actually did work. Like, it worked, it works pretty well. I was super disappointed though. Like I, to me, when I remembered it, the whole movie was the Giamatti, like the New, mm -hmm. New like me New too. York years. And I would, uh, I would have loved because I love Giamatti's performance. I think he's fucking hilarious. Mm. I think the whole pig vomit character is really good. So I, I found myself, I had that feeling where I was like, "This ending is abrupt. Why is ACDC here?" But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the ACDC. Yeah, um, but but I did. Uh, I honestly was surprised at how how well like uh i think i just looked at my letterbox writing it was a solid three and a half out of five for me which i think is what it deserves it's uh yeah it's it actually works but um as far as what uh, i think what different people want out of it is as far as howard stern will dictate how they feel about it but i thought i it, it was way more watchable than i thought it was mm -hmm. gonna be yeah, I think I think the way they made it watchable was by turning Howard into a softy. And I think exactly. I, I think that like in later years, after uh, decades of therapy, he has become sort of like more uh, uh, more of a soft spoken listener. Whereas like before he was he was on a needle's edge and could just like fly off the handle in the same way that he goads everyone else. He had the same exact like crazy temper and none of that, none of that shows up like in, in the scene where he confronts pig vomit for taking him off the air and like punches him in the face with the phone accidentally. Like we're made to believe that, those aren't uh, the actions of a fucking insane employee. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes, he, I totally agree. Yeah. Like that was played as like, yeah, he's getting the villain of the movie. And I'm like, what a maniac. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that happens you? today. He's fired immediately. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's get into a uh, stern now versus stern then. Cause I, I don't even listen to him now. I don't even listen to him anymore. And, no, no. uh, and, and, and much respect, you know, I don't yeah. have any, hold anything. Everyone ages, everyone matures. 
but it, I, I can't, I couldn't be less interested in celebrity interviews, which I think is sort of what he's known for now. Yeah. Like being able to, t- like, I don't give a flying fuck about Jennifer Aniston and Hillary Clinton and uh, yeah. uh, Ryan Reynolds. Like, who cares? I have a little bit of insight because I have a couple like diehard Stern uh, fan friends mm-hmm. who like the. Um, I I think there was something that mm-hmm. happened. I think he kind of came late to like go in full circle with the podcast thing where like he sort of like started that and then people did it way better with podcasts. So I feel like he's kind of like late to the game as far yeah. as like, I want to be like a one on, he wants to be like a Mark Marin type guy now. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel, I feel like that's just, it's fine. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine or whatever, but like he used to, I wish, uh, I feel like I liked what he stood for back then more minus probably the racism and sexism and all that Mm -hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he sort of, if he was more mature then and did irreverent because he's not pushing any envelopes now, which is fine. He's an old man. He's not going to push any envelopes. Except in paychecks. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I would love a perfect combination of who he is now and back then where like he was doing edgy shit, but just, uh, with an evolved sensibility where he wasn't doing wildly exploitative and sexist yeah, I, stuff. I, I feel like he's just like SNL now, which is, you. I guess you can only be the gold standard for so long, and then eventually people learn from you, and they are inspired by you, and then they take it to a, a different degree, and you're kind of left, like you're, like, you're not edgy anymore. Like, SNL is the most safe sh- comedy show in the world now. And that's not yeah. the way it used to be. And yeah. and with Stern, plus uh, when he used to do interviews, like I listened to the interview he did with Dana Plato, member of Different mm-hmm. Strokes, the day before she kills herself. I mean, it is Whoa. rough. <laughs> it's a rough interview. And of course, the greatest interview of all time is when he had Vincent Gallo on. Sure. And that is just, it's, it's listeners, looking up. Just, yeah, I, I highly recommend. If you want to hear, if you want to hear someone's free, unfettered thoughts, <laughs> old, old ping pong Vinny will, uh, will uh, not disappoint. I think if he's, I think if he leans fully into the mature thing, I respect that more. Where it's like, okay, like he's clearly evolved, but like from what I've heard of, like I've heard bits and pieces from like the last few years, where it seems like he's still trying to vaguely do that whack. It seems like mm-hmm. I think it's really lame if he's still trying to be like. I'm Howard, baby, but I've like grown up. Like, if you're gonna grow up, just grow up. Yeah, like, ditch right. the whole <laughs> whack pack thing. I like, think for yeah. the last for the last several years, he did just hire younger people to be a part of the team, and mm-hmm. they were they were bringing in sort of the infantile humor, mm-hmm. and he was just kind mm-hmm. of reacting to it. Sort of the gotcha. the Richard and the Sal model, where it's like it's yeah. still it's it's funny to have somebody lick my butt. <laughs> Honestly, and, and, I would prefer if it was a slightly. Uh, I would. I, I feel like the Richard and Sal era was great. If if you could just like update the the viewpoints a little bit from that era, that would be perfect. Stern for me, yeah. or like I, I actually do love that era. But. Yeah, there's some good stuff with Richard and Sal and and Artie when he was there. But mm-hmm. I, yeah. I I stand by the original four, man. Robin, Fred, Jackie, and Howard. It was just <laughs> great. You wouldn't even take Artie over Jackie? I, I wouldn't. I understand that that's sort of a crazy position. And yeah, Artie's, right. I, love, I love Artie Lang. I think he's really yeah. funny. And he, and he was funnier, <laughs> he, was, he was funnier in, in the regards that somebody you could 
go to for a few minutes and he could just talk and tell a crazy story like you know when he had the hooker and he thought she you know he had to take a dump or something and he thought she was going to steal his wallet so she had to clap the entire time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. lo- love Artie Lang yeah. but I think there was something there was just something about those four because I think they liked Artie and it, of course it ended badly, but yeah. they didn't like Jackie. Nobody liked Jackie and Fred and Robin hate each other. That's what I've learned in the last week. I mean, that's, that's oh, really, that's real, man. They do not like each other at all. Why is so, that? Uh, I just don't think personality wise, they, they gelled. And, uh, and especially when you have Howard constantly, playing both sides yeah, I mean, again right. that's the, that video i watched i mean it's just howard figuring out a way to dig into both of them so that they go at each other dude you can see that i've watched even like the most bullshit clips of his and he's mm-hmm. manipulating the fuck out of everybody mm-hmm. at all yeah. the time but yeah it's it's pretty disgusting honestly <laughs> like you can see it it's 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 so transparent it's, you can easily make crazy. a movie with him as the villain yeah oh for sure like yeah. i kept thinking like the, the whole pig vomit thing like his Paul Giamatti is great but I feel like he's doing a performance informed by how we're telling him what he thinks the performance should be of like oh he was like this crazy and he's like all right well, I'll just be fucking crazy or I'm like you could totally do a movie from his point of view of the pig vomit point of view is just like just trying to do my job and this fucking asshole comes <laughs> yeah. in punched me in the fucking yeah. face and now I'm a department store. You know, yeah. I love how his name is still Pig Vomit. Yeah, so even pig. When it's the <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, you could make a movie with Howard Stern as a villain. Did you guys read that apparently Joel Schumacher, if he was allowed to do a third Batman movie, was going to cast Howard Stern as the Scarecrow? Great. <laughs> and that was, that was uh, the topic of discussion on Stern's show for a, the longest time. Uh-huh. It was really drawn out. It was like, I think he's going to do it. It would have, he would have been in Batman and Robin or, uh, or no, maybe the after forever, Batman and Robin. forever. Yeah. No, wow. it would, it wouldn't have been forever. It was, it was no Batman the, and Robin. The, and then you're right. Well, the no, it one. was, the, it was the, it would have been the, it would have been, been the, the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause Batman and Robin came out the same year as private parts. Yeah. And, and it tanked. Uh, again, was, another movie Joel, I saw opening day. It was Joel Schumacher's third, not the overall third. Gotcha. Batman. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, movie I saw in the theaters and specifically remember banging my head against the seat in front of me. <laughs> Just being like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, did you guys have any scenes that make you go, hmm? Uh, you know what made me go, hmm, <laughs> was uh, when he be like becomes Howard Stern, you know, like you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is a Howard. We kind of know his voice is so iconic. And I'm so used to it in my head that when you yeah. see him talking, there's such a weird disconnect. Yeah. So like that was a constant, like, Whoa, it mm-hmm. looks like he's uh, lip syncing, you know, like, mm-hmm. but he's not, that's the actual guy. So that was hard to, you have to get used to that. Um, but I think mine... scenes. Oh, that first scene when he's a kid <laughs> in the car. And just oh, the, yeah. the casual end oh, wow. bomb yeah. is uh woo. Yeah. It, he doesn't Mike, get you the, texted me that was your favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, right. 
That was <laughs> Romeo yeah. Yeah. This movie that does was... not get the '80s pass that so many of our other movies. We're yeah, like, well, that, that it was, was cocaine in the '80s, and there's a lot of yeah. But again, the context was... is that it's wrong to do that. Yeah, those right. movies yeah. are the whole, wrong. The whole joke was like it was played for. Like, can you believe she's saying this? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the context was that, but it doesn't explain why Mike's VHS was worn out in that, <laughs> yeah. in that little scene. Why that was his uh, answer, his, his 1998 answering machine <laughs> recording. Interesting. All right. Uh, my scene that makes me go hmm, is uh, so the movie has a handful of vignettes, or I don't know what you would call them, where it's just quick shots of uh, real life stuff in a way. I'm sure it's oh, staged, yeah. but I mean, it's like Gary doing interstitials and. Yeah, just to tell you where the time and place we are in the movie, and 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 I love that stuff, but I, I thought it was interesting that they would cut to Mary McCormick, who's playing Howard's wife, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and she would give her views on like you know I, he has to say what he has to say, as if like that's actually his wife. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's interesting. That was like a weird format break because yeah, those were definitely staged. The the. Uh... Gary segments yeah. and I thought those were actually hilarious because yeah, like the, those were I, what's I this donkey like that, doing here that yeah. was definitely to placate the existing Stern fans because yes. they were like oh those are my guys like they're just doing bits in the and same with uh what's his name in, during the end credits uh yeah so like it was definitely like uh that was kind of to me their shout out to the fans mm-hmm. but yeah I was also confused when they also they, they like kind of broke the format and was like Oh, now we have now it's like a pseudo documentary because his right. wife is talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. A little, a little tidbit there is that um, he he actually took that uh, that format from the film Lenny, uh, oh. and, and Lenny uh, was actually what he and Allison watched on their first date. So it's like mm. a oh wow, interesting. That's cool. There you go. That's cool, Great yeah. picture. Yeah. Also, Dusty Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of uh, just like a cute little thing for his wife, uh, I know we touched on the fact that they divorced four years after, but it is I. I think that can you guys still hear me? Yeah, sure, baby. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, sorry. You're be you're be bopping and jazzing. I'm be bopping and jazzing. <laughs> uh, I think the scene that made me go hmm isn't so much a scene, and it's more uh, just an overarching movie thing where uh, in order to make. Howard Stern palatable to the audience uh, as a whole. They had to make him like a loving husband. Uh, Whereas like the entire thing is just like a love letter to his wife while he's like suppressing all these, all these urges. And, and it like, to me, that feels, that feels like the hand of the producer and the director to like, to make the film what it is rather than like, what's really going on. There's a, (laughs) there's that, there's that scene where uh, Allison is pregnant and he's like consoling her and he kisses her on the stomach. Uh, But in, uh, in the book he wrote, I find nothing attractive about the pregnant form. <laughs> I'm like Elvis. If a girl got pregnant, he couldn't go near her. <laughs> and so, <laughs> oh my god, it's no. just this dichotomy of just like watching watching him be like uh, the world's best husband and like being so faithful. Oh but no! Uh, yeah. No, that, that's I'm glad you brought that up because this is like a theory I've been 
working on that I find very interesting in the culture, which is, you know, you're t- are you taking that from his book, yes. Kevin? Yeah, yeah, that was from the book. Now, maybe he thinks that in real life. I, who knows? I can't get inside the guy's head. But this is also a time period where, as we've talked about, people said outrageous things. They did outrageous things. <clears throat> and and uh, like Gen Xers especially were awash in irony. Like that was our yes. culture. Like everything was, was ironic. That, 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 that may have been like, honestly, to me, that strikes me as just a hack joke to make at that time. Sure. Cause that, yeah. that sort of comedy was in style. Like in the night, like, yeah, I feel like it's, yeah. It could and be like, that. and for so long, everything was, we were in the age of irony, which is like, you yeah. know, the, you can't take anything at face value and stuff like that. And now what I find very interesting is younger people seem to be, it's the exact opposite. Everything's literal. So everything, I mean, it's odd that it's the generation who literally said literally all the time. Yeah. Now it's like, there's no, like everything you say has to, is taken as the thing that you fucking believe in your, the bottom of your soul. And it's, uh, you know, it's, I think it's why a lot of older people, especially older comics and older people get either hounded by people on Twitter or in trouble because and I see it a lot in like in comedy Twitter, people screen capturing tweets and being like, look at what they're saying. It's like he's clearly or she is clearly joking or is, is, right. you know what I mean? Like taking like a, a contrarian standpoint or a, like sometimes you have in comedy you have to be the idiot. To well, be funny. And that's, that's why I feel like I mean, we've talked about like Mark Norman and Joe List and like Sam yeah. Murill and these types of comics. I feel like there is sort of a new generation who pushes back. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Hell yeah. yeah. My Tuesdays uh, with like, Stories shirt. I feel like they push back against the exact thing that you're talking about where the, there is kind of like, I think it's going to shift back a little bit um, where it is like, hey, I'm joking. Like, it's not not to say that you could say, sure. I'm not saying say a bunch of racist shit or whatever. No, nobody, yeah. and, like, and nobody ever is defending, like, like, say a bunch of racist yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but I feel like the whole spirit of comedy is viewed mm-hmm. at, like, yeah, like, I feel like a Gen Zers perfect committee would be, like, a guy who just stands there and tells you everything he believes and there's no jokes. <laughs> like, right, that's like, right. That, that's what it seems like. If you listen direction. to some, if you listen to, like, uh live, that's most like, netflix specials yeah like, it, it yeah, totally is yeah, it's like yeah i was like oh i'm gonna sit down to watch a comedy special and it's a, a trail of horrors of what this person had to go through in life <laughs> like sure. uh yeah, yeah. But, but but for that for that particular example i feel like there's a lot more truth in howard stern like saying he's grossed out by the pregnant form than him like throwing a grenade into like a, a school uh in vietnam like the, sure. there, yeah. there's definitely yeah, like, different I, I levels of irony. I don't want you to take what I said as a defense of that. Yeah. That's probably what it is. <laughs> no, it's I mean he he is. may <laughs> he may even have some of those feelings. I'm just saying like that you take like or we take it now is like that's exactly how he feels. And it's like no, he might have just been saying something to be outrageous. Sure, sure. That that was definitely his bread and butter. Uh, one yeah. last one last scene that made me go hmm uh, was uh, when. I mean, one, the amount of times that Allison was listening to the radio uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to get to At get that offended. specific time in oh, five yeah, hours. She has like her mother in the car or whatever. Her mother so, and Edie so, Falco. Yeah. Edie Falco in the backseat yeah. oh, with, yeah, with no lines. 
Specifically, like the I think it was a realtor uh, showing her around, and oh, so yeah. the realtor <laughs> is the one driving the car, which means she's the one listening to Howard Stern and <laughs> and being offended and be like, "Wow, your husband's a piece of shit." <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. As as my ha- hardware story teaches you, yeah, you, you were never safe. You could walk you in anywhere, and <laughs> you're Stern. <laughs> But truly, Edie Falco must have, <laughs> must have had a line in there that got cut because how that that has got to be uh, one of the biggest underutilized parts. Yeah. Like, oh my god! Yeah, I feel like we should have an award for that. Just like uh, directing yeah. missed opportunities. Yeah, we should have the wait oh. what award? That's <laughs> just wait what? Is that the, Edie Falco? Uh, yeah, the best extra. Just no call way. it the Edie Falco. Also, Mike, I, I spotted a quick uh, Seinfeld cameo. Uh, Poppy. Poppy, is, baby. Yeah, Poppy, yeah. yeah. Poppy works at NBC on, yeah. uh, on, on Private Party. And a pretty good sized role, too. It's a good sized yeah, role. It's great. Yeah. Poppy beat yeah. on the couch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking love Poppy. Rest in peace. Died last year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Do you, guys, so, do you guys know anything about director Betty Thomas? I don't. Brady, Brady Bunch movie, pretty funny, pretty funny. Brady Bunch movie yeah. is oh, great. Oh, mm-hmm. that was good. I like. I saw that as a kid. I I enjoyed it. I think mm-hmm. it was because uh, it was from a different generation's television, but I didn't realize that she started as an actress. Yeah, uh, Second uh, City. She, mm-hmm. she she was an Emmy Award winning uh, actress for Sergeant Lucy Bates on Hill Street Blues. But yeah, she. She started at the Second City. Uh, she was just a uh, just a waitress, and then they were like, "Hey, you're funny. Uh, you you should uh, you should come uh, try out." She then became a main stage member. Uh, she was the first female director at the Second City, mm-hmm. uh, and then she came out to Los Angeles, uh, getting bit parts in low budget pictures like, and this is real. 1976. The film is called. Chesty Anderson, United <laughs> States Navy. When, when are we discussing that one? Yeah, this really. is this is a movie for which a trailer does not exist because I I looked long and hard. I can't wait to see this picture. Chesty Anderson. That's I mean that is a perfect. That's, my, that's my new motel name. <laughs> but yeah, her name. first. <laughs> The uh, her first directing job besides at the Second City, uh, the way that she got it after being an actress for a while was she lied to a variety reporter about directing a Hooperman episode. And then the showrunner was just like, oh, fuck it. You can direct something. That's funny. <laughs> she just That's lied. Awesome. To, she lied to a reporter and started a directing career. Good for her. That's Ooh, she did the yeah. uh, late shift movie. Yeah. yeah, that's Um Chesty Anderson leads us as a good segue Ooh. into our newest segment <laughs> called the beat off. I'm gonna come. Oh. So the the beat off is uh it's a, a segment when there's more than one nude scene in a movie. And we're going to vote on the best one, basically. The one that you would have, you know, smacked around your little ding-dong to. Can I say that? Why does it have to be little? Well, I mean, as a kid. I mean, that's the whole point of the program. We were like, is like I, 17. We weren't kids. I was 30 when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> I, was a, I was a key grip on this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Hey, this I is know, I, trust grip, me. Folks. I had a key. Yeah, I had a key grip uh, a lot of the times watching this movie. So, uh, <laughs> so I wrote down these are the scenes that are battling out, battling it out, in the beat off. First of all, woman on speaker. Okay. So this is yes. a woman who calls into Howard's show, uh, saying she hadn't had sex in a long time, so yeah, Howard decides to pleasure her. She, uh, he tells her, he instructs her to sit on her speaker while he does the motorboat over the phone speaker, which vibrates and causes her to have an orgasm on uh, live. Uh, is Chris still here? Yeah, he's there. Okay. Uh, on, on live air, uh, the woman, huge uh, artificial knockers. I mean, a little, a little too big. I don't want to, I'm not body shaming. I'm just saying. That skin was stretched, baby. Look like Jesus. Uh, I'm not Bobby over. shaming, but I'm going to say a very mean thing about they, this. Lady. They were, I mean, they were a little. This is a little too big. But anyway, maybe that's your thing. I'm not, you know. Uh, the second one we got is lesbian fantasy, where Howard has a woman, a young woman, in, and she describes her first lesbian yes. experience, and it's a. Uh, we see it, and it's a bunch of uh, women licking and kissing each other. Okay. We've got the actress scene where Howard and Fred go to the premiere of a movie. Yep. I think the woman's based on Shannon Tweed, but I could be wrong on that. Who She later married uh, Gene Simmons, the turd from Kiss, the one bad member of Kiss. I heard Ace Frehley's kind of a shithead, too. Don't mess with my ace, baby. I know, I'm sorry. Space man. Um, Peter Chris all the way. Love Peter Chris. Love him. I, poor, I feel like guy. I love him because he's he's the only one I've never heard speak or make an idiot out. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true because they had, they had to redub all of his uh, dialogue in uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom because he, could, he was a he was a he couldn't put it together. Is he the, it's like, like 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 super like oh like. Well, that's what they got because oh. he was he was drunk all the time, so he was slurring all the time, and they were like, "This isn't going to work." And so, so they got in. another drunk slurring guy to be like, "Yeah, you like a." Is but Peter what? is Peter Chris the one with the little kitty cat? Makeup? Yeah, he's the cat man. Yeah, little yeah. the cat man. I think Rook. I like I like him the most just because the others like put some work into their makeup and he just went to the fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wrote "Hard Luck Woman." Yeah, that's a hell of a tune. Um, yeah, and Beth, right? Doesn't he sing Beth? No, Paul Stanley or uh, Gene Simmons sings Beth. Oh, really? I thought Beth was Peter Chris for some reason. Oh, no, you're right. Like no, his... you're right. Yeah, he does Peter sing. Chris. Yeah, that's yeah. Peter Chris. Okay, so we have woman on speaker, lesbian fantasy, actress scene. The next one is uh, Jenna Jameson, the great, great Jenna Jameson. And finally, because maybe this might be someone's thing, the Kobasa swallower. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to put in an honorable mention uh, for the S&M weather girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Pretty good. All right, put your dicks on the table. Which one? Oh, there's you, also uh, a, a, his high school scene where just a bunch of butts walking by his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. men butts. There's in men there. butts. Maybe. There's, there's, there's men butts and alleged rhinoceros penises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that was a sexual awakening for a lot of people. So, uh-huh. uh huh. My Which, my vote is the actress. Yeah, because I yeah. feel like that's the scene that would come on the most, like on cable, and. But that's just the. I thought she was the sure. prettiest. Hey, yeah, that was baby. my thing. Yeah, yeah. The prettiest. Also, oh, what a sweetheart! That's cute. <laughs> I'm a face guy. I'm it a was face the most guy. romantic. Also, uh, purportedly, a scene that got Howard fully aroused, and so uh, when he was exiting the bathtub and covering up his junk, that was that was an erection, my friends. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. There is a great, that that is a pretty funny scene of just like, Howard being well, like, what is she doing in there? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also the only like actual, besides like the lesbian one, like a very like real sexual scene. But, like uh-huh. the, Jenna Jameson is just naked and then it's like a whole bit. I think well, more, totally, more. You're actually, you're almost swaying me. I, my, uh, my two balls are torn here, folks. Oh, <laughs> between, between, uh, I'm torn between the speaker and the bath because I, I would argue that those are two like actual. Because like I remember when I again very young, but yeah. <laughs> I was when I was a kid seeing the the masturbating with the speaker type thing. I was like holy shit like this is this is a whole other world and even watching it now i was like this is a pretty wild scene uh so that one i i wanted to vote for that one but i think i might have to go bath as well because that was like that's the only one where like you could that's a pretty realistic scenario yeah like so i'm like yeah this poor this poor kid this poor kid chris is uh, watching a woman orgasm in the theater. He doesn't know his multiplication tables. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know how to pronounce Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Yet him and his friend from across the street are watching with their moms. Let's go to Kevin, you prude. The big, uh, the big prude of the group. I am the prude of the group. Uh <laughs> um I'm I'm going to pick the bathtub scene and here is why. Wow. Uh the reason I'm going to pick it is because it has a place in a comedy movie whereas the others just are it's it's just like it's pure what's happening. It's just a I don't I don't find it funny uh that Howard Stern is uh going bruh, bruh, bruh. <laughs> Uh, to make a one woman orgasm. This one actually, the bathtub scene actually has uh, some funny visual gags yeah. in that Fred, yeah, Fred is there for no oh, reason. Fred is the best. Yeah. Fred is in the bathtub with his hat still on, and so it is. It is. Uh, it is very enticing sexually, but it also has some very great comedic tension. It's also sexually happening to to them. Yes. Like it's something like. Yeah. like it's not a, yeah. a manipulation of anything of a woman that they're doing later on. For sure. Yeah. And, and the other ones, yeah, like they, they seem very stunty where it's like, let's force yeah. like a provocative scene. And yeah, this one felt very grounded, felt very, very mm-hmm. real. I, I, I agree with all of that. It's, it's the funniest scene in the movie. Um, the brilliant part of the scene is until the very end. She never acknowledges Fred's even yeah. there. No. <laughs> he's like a ghost. I mean, it's, it's really funny. Yeah, he does. When he walks behind her entering the door, yeah, just like. That, it's a, that's a brilliant scene. That's easily the best scene in the movie. I do. That, yeah. is, that is the winner. It's three to one. I do have to give my vote, though, for Jenna Jameson. Boy, wow. at that age, did I love that woman. Mm-hmm. That was a woman to me. I I I love that scene. Just not not so much because of the titillation. I just love a cutback to a disappointed wife. Yeah, <laughs> but she just, she she looks great in it. Uh, I know I sh- shamed the speaker girl, but like Jenna's artificial <laughs> boobs are are right on the money. Those look great. Um, she got a sexy voice. Jackie's in the background laughing. It's everything I love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forget that Jackie's even there. Oh god, I was so excited when Jackie showed up. I was like, finally. <laughs> um, let's go to uh everyone's a critic. Oh yeah. All right. Well, we 
The first critic, almost always, is Roger Ebert. He gave this film three out of four stars. He says, Howard Stern has been accused of a lot of things, but he's never been accused of being dumb. With Private Parts, his surprisingly sweet new movie, he makes a canny career move. Here is radio's bad boy walking the finest of lines between enough and too much. His fans will find enough of the Howard whose maxims include lesbians equal ratings. General audiences will be seduced by the film's storyline, which exploits three time-honored Hollywood formulas. Number one, rags to riches. Number two, I gotta be me. And number three, (laughs) hey, underneath it all, I'm just a cuddly teddy bear. That was Roger giving three of four. Now, we go to Everyone's a Critic with our Amazon reviews, starting with Bay Lady. Bay Lady <laughs> gives one star. Not. <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one star. Not a Stern fan. Turned it off after five minutes. Maybe if you're a Howard Stern fan. But this was <laughs> so bad. Bay Lady also gave <laughs> five stars. Five stars to sterile field non-slip disposable shoe covers. Great to have for visiting service people. I keep these by the door and happily provide them to any service person. It keeps my carpet clean. Uh, Wait, in her home? Yeah, uh, she she like uh, gets a plumber to come fix her sink, and then she's oh, like, "Oh, okay, you disgusting pig! Put these slip covers so you don't ruin my carpet." <laughs> I like that she says, "I happily provide that." No, you force yeah, you yeah, force yeah. the people that you hire. Yeah, yeah. I heard own. it wrong. I heard uh, oh, the slip covers like you'd put over like uh, like the the glorified like uh hairnet things for your feet right exactly yeah boot, at, fir- at first I, I heard like anti-slip shoes like someone in a restaurant oh, yeah. where and i was like oh that's nice you just uh given those to people who come <laughs> over but yeah this this woman's terrible yeah uh <laughs> next we have cj carrier one star a real iq dropper i would watch it if i was in prison and forced to <laughs> CJ also gave five stars to Californication season two. Hot, Uh, hot, hot. David, (laughs) yummy. Guest appearances, Zach Wilde, Sherry Moon Zombie. A real IQ dropper. Ooh, David, yummy. Uh, I wanted to share this. It's not the normal theme, uh, but C.J. Carrier, a uh, famous uh, person for calling Howard Stern an IQ dropper, also gave one star <laughs> to K&H Pet Products thermoheated bird perch. C.J. writes, it looked like a freaking dildo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most stern thing yeah. you can say. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sending, I'm sending you guys a picture of the bird perch. Oh yeah, let's see. <laughs> Click go. to open. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, you could fuck that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, with that. Let's head down to Pop Corner. Pippity pop, Pop Corner. Yeah.
Hmm. Let's go first. The first popcorner in two months. Oof. Sometimes our best segment. I'll go first. Okay. Um, you pop a bag of popcorn, and when you open the bag, you're surprised to find only two kernels have popped. There's only two kernels, and they are ginormous, round, just artificially enhanced popcorns. I mean, they just, they're size double D's, double D popcorn. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna give this film. Um, uh, you know, you know those like popcorn strings that you make around the holidays to uh, sure. to put around mm. the Christmas tree. I'm gonna give this a full 13 inches of popcorn string uh, <laughs> that a nice looking lady decides to deep throat on air. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give this movie. Uh, it's kind of popcorn adjacent. Do you remember those candies when we were kids? that were like Alexander the grape and like, yeah, there is the one that was like cherry clan. That was like Chinese, like caricatures. Like it was. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like they were just cherry. They're delicious, but the packaging is very offensive. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, that's a different time. Like we can't really do that anymore. This movie is a box of cherry clans. (laughs) Like they're good. I mean, they're not a great representative representation of a, Asian cuisine, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all it is, and and, okay, a, and a fucking piece of popcorn. Ooh, nice, nice. Uh, similar to the popcorn strings, I think this was another holiday item. Do you guys remember those individually, disgustingly wrapped popcorn balls? Yeah, it was yeah. a ball, yes. a round ball of popcorn. I'm gonna give it two of those because my balls were full during Ooh. this thing, baby. Yikes. <laughs> Man. <laughs> did they release? Yeah, did they ever become unfull? Yeah. Uh, no, no. I, I, I did, not, did not crank it during this film. Um, Good for you. You've, yeah. during, <laughs> you've <Yeah>. really matured. <laughs> I got warmed. As Roger Ebert said, he, he's got a heart of gold, and, you know, uh, the popcorn balls turned into a, a popcorn heart towards the end of it. Earlier, we heard about your two balls being torn apart. Yep. <laughs> Now these are. I'm, try- I'm trying to do a modern popcorn. day dice thing where I, uh, <laughs> I I have a ball centric act. Uh, all right, Chris. Uh, thanks so much. What? Where can we lead people to check out music? What's the band uh, you're in now? Uh, the Dooms. Um, new new single dropping next week, and oh, wow. uh, had a music video. The music video is called Liquor and High. Uh, you guys actually might. Do, we tried to. We did like a used car, a Robert Zemeckis used cars homage Ooh, for wow. our music video, uh, slightly. And so, uh, yeah, the dooms. And then, uh, since this is movies letterboxed, uh, I've, I've tried to become active on Letterboxd. So I'm just Chris Dunn there and I watch a ton of movies and rate them and sometimes review them. Well, then hey. we should plug our own letterbox. We're on there yeah. as well at cable boys pod. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, speaking of Cable Boys pod plugs, uh, we are now uh, doing Twitch shows every mm-hmm. Wednesday. And uh, Chris was uh, so, so sweet to join us on our inaugural one next one or last Wednesday. Uh, so tune in uh, to those because they're a lot of fun. You can see our faces instead of just hearing our golden tones. Yeah. 
And then where should they follow us on Instagram and all that other jazz? Yeah, why shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Okay, a Cable Boys pod also. Yeah. <laughs> you, said, you said where should they? Yeah, where should they? Oh, I said I said why shouldn't they? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, why wouldn't they want to? Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you uh, for the Cable Boys hearing it at home. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Chris. Uh, you're a golden god. Um, go ahead and like and subscribe and do all that stuff and tell your friends. And until next time, where we will be watching... Uh, we'll tell you next point. Wednesday. We'll tell oh, you next point. Wednesday. Yeah, we'll tell, you, we'll tell you on Twitch. Yeah, wow, on Twitch. tune in. Uh, mm. uh, <laughs> That's called a buffer. Said, post <laughs> might have said the word natural. Yeah, <laughs> so, Some's yeah. natural, unlike, unlike this movie. He's big There's natural. nothing natural in this movie. But anyway, uh, like and subscribe. Uh, we'll talk to you later. So fuck off, eat shit, die. Stay tuned. Bye. Cable.